0: welcome back ladies and or gentlemen to the major lift podcast we are having a sneaky little chat to brenton page from i'm going to call them brisbane heroes actually international heroes a sucker pun now the major lift as always is about talking to musicians about their fitness pursuits If you think you might have some of these, or you might know some musicians that I should try to get on the show, please let me know. I would be really interested to know who might be the go-to in Dubai. The Dubai metal scene, as it were. I'm sure there's one. I'm sure it's great. Uh, That has nothing to do with this, but what has something to do with this is, of course, Brenton Page. I have worked with Brenton on a couple of music videos for a Sucker Punch and we always manage to find ourselves having a bit of a chin wag in the corner about fitness and well-being and I just find him really easy to talk to about this stuff. So I wanted to do it in a formal capacity and also, you know, you just have to listen to it. And if you don't like it, then buy an Sucker Punch album. (laughs) I bet none of you expected that little twist there. Now one extra little thing is this show is unofficially brought to you by the lovely man at Reaper Mania for his tutorial on creating a sidechain gate in Reaper because this podcast would not have been possible without that. So if you're wondering what that quirky little bit of audio nonsense is, it's um, my very basic audio production skills. Uh, Anyway, Brenton managed to accidentally introduce himself and um, here we go. Here's Brenton introducing my show. Thanks Brenton.
1: I'm ready to start episode five of the major lift.
0: Oh, cool. You just did the intro for me then. <laughs> just too easy. So, sometimes like when we get to that part of the conversation where it's like, okay, well, you want to, you want to record the podcast. I, I have to like make up some sort of grand entrance, but you just did that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks. we can, we can just smash through this now. We can just,
0: yeah, yeah. I'll go through my um, checklist, which is remarkably empty. It just says listen to Brenton be handsome for, for an hour.
1: And that's <laughs> I it. got this. I got this sorted.
0: <laughs> so to the the th- exactly three million listeners who, who are listening to this uh, at the moment want to know one thing about you. What would it be? And that thing about you would be what's it like standing beside Jack on stage as a, a member of a soccer punch?
1: Oh, Jack Muzak. Um To be honest, on stage, I don't actually look at it. I try really hard not to look at him because if I do look at him, I lose complete concentration on what I'm doing. So pretty much when I ever see videos, that's kind of the first time I'm seeing his shenanigans live because it's just it's too much for me and I can't even I can't even focus so (laughs) does he try to psych you out he has in the past especially when I first started playing in the band which is (laughs) the worst because that's when I I didn't have the songs as well under my fingers and that's when he really in the hardest parts tried to psych me out which is (laughs) that's what friends are for I guess but I mean sometimes I have no choice because he's notorious for like stepping on your gear and pulling out your leads and stepping on your pedals so he's done that to me a few times but yeah, I just, I can't actually watch him, man, because he's just, I mean, you've seen him, like, I, I can't do it, because he does something different every time, so sometimes I'm genuinely laughing my ass off at it, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's fun when I do watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, he knows, is that a plane going over? Bless.
1: Yeah, it is. Do you want me to go inside? No, what an experience for the listeners. I know, I know that this is real life shit right here.
0: <laughs> so the thing, I think the thing about a sucker punch that everyone in in Brisbane would know you guys for is just a relentlessly positive time.
1: Yeah, I hope so, man. I mean, that's like, I think, and you, know, you know yourself playing in a band's it's a shitload of fun, but there's also a massive part of it that's not fun. So, I mean, the part that personally, I like best and I'd say most band people like best is playing live. So if you're not having a good time and a fun time, I don't think there's much point in doing it because we we're not doing it for the money, that's for sure. But um, I think fortunately for us, our music kind of lets us just be us and have fun and our personalities kind of come out in it. So yeah, we can just kind of do whatever we're feeling at the time and seem to get away with it, I guess, because it's, it's just us. (laughs) That's who we are. How would you
0: describe your own stage presence? What sort of physicality do you have?
1: Um, just, I think already my body hates me for the way I play on stage. Um, I'm rough on my body live, but, um, I'd like to think I'm an energetic player because I just, I can't help it. I just like when we start playing, i got a headbang, and i got to move around. And at the end of every show, from my neck down to my back, I'm aching. So that generally means we've had a good time. So this, is,
0: this might be a bass player thing, but you, your, your bass is how
1: heavy, roughly? Uh, probably about, well, I've got a five string. So it's probably about seven to eight kilos, I think.
0: Mm-mm, I don't like that. That's too many kilos for, to rock out with.
1: Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. Like it, you don't, and it's hanging off like, your one side of your shoulder. So as a result of playing for so long, I have like fucked my back and my neck. So I, every fortnight I go to a masseuse for my back and neck to oh. just try and keep you know, from getting too tight. Because mixed with training as well, obviously you tighten up a lot more. But um, particularly playing live, especially during saying touring cycles, that's when it just cracks you the most because mixing that with travel, like sitting on a plane or sitting in a car. Um, yeah, I just get like my left side and then my right side kind of starts to compensate. So I get really tight through my back and neck. Plus headbanging is ridiculous. So it all kind of adds up.
0: So I did a, I did a podcast with um, Josh Hayes Josh. from He Danced Ivy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's a, he's a remedial masseuse. He has, he has come to my house and massaged me, so what I is, do know you? that. What's the review? Let's hear it. Yeah, he's great. I love, I love his idea. I love what he's like, because he plays in a band, he knows, you know, what's kind of, what ails um, people playing live, and it's kind of not far off from, like, a sports person. Like, to be honest, what, what I think we do on stage, like Chris and I, Crispy and I, for example, the way we play, I think um, is equal to like playing a game of basketball or maybe not football, that's probably a bit of a stretch. but by the end of it, I'm definitely because I used to play a lot of basketball growing up, and I'm definitely sorer after playing a gig than I am a basketball game. that's for sure. So I think Josh is onto something really cool there and like if I really hope he can get that going on because that kind of side of things like the health side of things in music is it's not around and it's not a, it's not a thing. Cause I just think, you know, people are like, Oh, and he's kind of bringing it into the light a bit in his own way. So if he could start getting at festivals and all that stuff and a band people started utilizing it, there might actually be a market there for him and other people, which, cause I use the masseuse, like, like I said, every fortnight, man, like, I mean, if we had the money, I would fucking love to tour with them masseuse.
0: <laughs> are, you, are you... So you consider your performance um, a, a part of it that excites you to be the athletic part?
1: Oh, definitely. Because I think I like seeing that from a band. I like seeing a band being energetic and athletic, like, and getting into it. And that's how I like to play as well. And I think that energy feeds the crowd and vice versa. But um, that's kind of like when we tour, we're really conscious about, you know, eating good and all that kind of stuff. And we try and ch- train on our tour days. Um, but our, we literally class our gig as our cardio session, because it is a half an hour hit session. Because you know, songs, what, four minutes, two minutes on, two minutes off of head banging on a song, and then you've got about a 30 second rest between songs. By the end of a half an hour, you're like, we're, we're fucked. So, it's I actually like trim down when we're touring just from the playing so much and the way we play. That's that's really
0: interesting. I, I did uh, um, Dan from Nibli Viscaris, Dan Presland. Yep, so we we had a chat um, not too long ago. That one will be coming up really soon, and that's a really good one because I've I've interviewed a few power lifters and I feel like okay. Dan's more on the bodybuilder sort of. I guess the aesthetic train, which good for him because he he's nailing it, so he's yep. doing something right. But he he had the opposite thing. He he put on a bit of weight um, while he was right. touring. Um, well, I can
1: see how. I mean, if you weren't conscious of stuff, I could see how you would put on weight because eating's a little bit harder. Uh, eating is at uh, shitty times if you kind of don't make an effort to eat at the right times. Um, but. And, and when, we, when we first started touring, we kind of fell in to that and we kind of all made a conscious kind of thing like we're going to eat clean on this tour and we're going to eat at good times. And if the only thing that's open is McDonald's, we either don't eat or all you can get from there is a salad kind of deal. And so, and if you kind of can commit to that, then on your days off, plus playing for well, the way we play, we kind of, it's like a... A workout I think yeah you
0: got you guys are definitely a sweaty nasty mess
1: yeah I've ruined <laughs> so many videos of yours with my sweat
0: <laughs> there, there is I do have footage of your sweat on my on my actual lens by the way oh, and yeah. then, so you see you see everything go blurry and then you see my camera go black you see the like the hand rubbing around the bottom come back up again and everything's worse somehow and it's like yeah thanks thanks man Thanks. Yes, yeah. But you, well, don't, you okay. don't have the hair situation getting in your eyes.
1: No, I don't. No, I don't. I just get sweat from here to my toes pretty much. <laughs> do, you, do you know
0: how many calories you are, you are burning in a show?
1: No, I don't. But um, when we did um, this, the Butterfly Effect tour, um, which was really good too because the Butterfly Effect guys, or particularly two of them, particularly Glenn and Clint, are really into fitness as well. So, they, you know, on their days off and days on, would either, you know, they would train in the morning and do all this stuff. So, um, but Clint had a kind of cool idea of, um, he's always wanted to like wear like the heart monitors while playing and yeah, putting one of those and putting sure. the reading of it on the screen behind you just to see like where, like just to show the heart rates during different times in the set. But I'm not actually sure, like about the calorie burn or anything during playing. But um, I know when I'm walking off, I'm like, yeah, my heart rate's definitely up. Have you have you done the um the rookie
0: era of pre workout before? Once, once. <laughs> what happened? Talk, talk. Okay, talk me through the show. Why once? Once. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what happened? Why only once?
1: Um. Well. It could have been the nature of how we took it as well, but um, Got yes. we had some Define 8, you know that one? Yeah. What is the nature of this? Well, we ate it. We just ate the scoop. We didn't drink it. So we ate a scoop each, which was like sucking on a 9-volt battery. So <laughs> I don't recommend it to anyone. And it just hits you like a motherfucking Mack truck. And it is just... Man trying to stay on a click, trying to keep your heart from literally exploding out of your chest and just, uh, it was kind of like, yeah, it was just too much. It was too much stimulant because as soon as you start playing, you get that adrenaline rush anyway. So mixed with the finite was just, wasn't good for me anyway. I was like, nah, this in my, my fingers weren't doing what I was telling him to do. So did you get the beta alanine one as well? Which one? <clears throat> the beta
0: alanine no nah,
1: uh, well it was a while ago
0: i'm not sure i'm not sure so for for some people out there who are probably wondering wh- where we've gone with this the beta alanine as far as i know is so okay so i've heard a couple of things about it but the the most common feedback i've heard is beta alanine is a bit of a placebo um it gives you the itchy itchy hands feeling
1: oh uh, yeah like the pins and needles on the skin kind of deal
0: yeah, I, the other benefits I'm not entirely certain about, but that one I've I've made that mistake a couple of times um when I was playing in my old band Eric Kanji and the whole point of that band was to just output energy. That was there's like tightness wasn't the issue, it was just like output as much violent dance as you can.
1: Uh, <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> and that's I mean that's what we did because we weren't on clicks or anything. So some of the shows on pre-workout are shocking. And if you're, if you're, if you're, <laughs> for those of you, <laughs> for those of you out there who, who, um, who are like a little metronome, um, metronomes, metronomes, metronomes. Yeah. What do you reckon? We'll coin it.
1: I think that's good. Let's go with that.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Uh, if you're, if you're sitting there trying to just get nice, like consistent eighth triplets on pre-workout, you are, good luck. Like, you're kidding yourself.
1: Good luck.
0: Yeah, good luck. Because whatever you're playing is like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. When's the next part? When's the breakdown? Oh, man. And the breakdowns get really dumb because they're no longer groovy and slow. They're just like Mario versions. 200
1: BPM a second.
0: So I'm interested, though, with with your experience in touring, your diet shift has changed significantly, you were saying.
1: While touring? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, what, um, with myself personally, um, I I gain weight really easily. Like just just my body type. Plus, I have an underactive thyroid, so I I don't like everyone. If I don't eat right, you know, you gain weight. But I gain weight pretty easily, easier than some. For example, Crispy, he would have to eat a shit ton to gain any weight. He's quite a slim young man but um crispy uh looks the way he sounds he's like a he's like
0: a wafer thin yeah wafer thin wafer thin he's like crispy bacon you you guys are sort of the opposite body type so you couldn't eat the same meals on tour right
1: well it's funny you say that because when we do tour i switch to his diet because he's a vegetarian so when we tour i primarily will eat take the vegetarian option just because i just find i feel a lot better and i'm not particularly doing any resistance training or weights training so like i will still eat protein and stuff and i'll eat like lean meats if it's an option but i'm not trying to build muscle anything i'm just trying to because i think people do tend to gain a bit of weight on tour so i kind of base my diet around vegetarian stuff and i just do kind of cardio stuff so i don't blow out kind of deal so while touring i kind of just copy what christopher's eating really um because he's a vegetarian so so yeah but um that i so far that's kind of helped me with you know the touring side of things i haven't come back from a tour gained any weight like any fat or anything in the last couple of tours so i'm going to kind of stick to it for now
0: so do you, you don't go vegetarian at home though
1: no, I don't. I I eat meat at home, um, but I also train differently when I'm home. So, have,
0: have you noticed the uh, the sort of plethora of vegetarians in the Australian prog scene?
1: Yes, or vegans even. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. I mean, it could be a social thing, or just a social change of people being more, you know environmentally friendly or you know not agreeing with the whole eating animals thing i'm not i'm not totally sure because it it can be a health thing too but you can still eat meat and be healthy but um i guess it comes down to just your belief i guess i'm assuming
0: we seem like a bunch of of feminine sort of dudes it's i think the one thing worth noting especially in in australian music scene and and on the heavier spectrum is we tend I guess for anyone listening from overseas, it might be, I don't know how much of a disconnect, but we tend to have a pretty left left wing and right wing dichotomy of of bands happening in the heavy genre. You do have, and I use those terms politically for sort of some obvious reasons, usually like um, treatment of certain demographics and blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Wink, wink. There there tends to be just this like feminine sort of f- really feelings based um, bunch of guys floating around. I mean, not to say that there are no women, but there's certainly <laughs> less women. What yeah. A very f- feelings bunch. So do you think you, you and the Osaka Punch guys are, are able to be sort of accountable to each other emotionally on tour as well?
1: Oh, totally, man. I think... Cause we're all really good friends, dude, and I um, and we're definitely a mixed bag of personality as well. And I, I, I don't really know how bands do it any other way. So that's the only way we kind of know how to do it and can get along. And I mean, yeah, we fucking butt heads from time to time. Everybody does, but for the most part, I think we're all pretty um understanding of each other and it's you know, we're happy to talk talk out anything and we have had, you know, personal issues along the way or someone's had issues with family stuff that we've been mindful of and kinda giving them space for it or giving them whatever they need to get through it. Cause I think for me, like they're my friends anyway, so we'll do it anyway. So it just makes everything a lot easier because we're literally in each other's pockets the whole time, especially on tour. So I mean, if you get this macho bullshit going on, it's eventually just gonna die, I reckon. Because at the end of the day, you just be hiding shit. Like those macho guys still feel fucking everything. So I'm just, you know, we just wear it on the sleeve kind of deal. Do you I guys train together? Yes, we do. Uh on on do you mean on tour or just in general?
0: Uh either or.
1: I I'd be curious to know. Uh on tour we do, which is really good because um in the past, in other bands I've played in, um, for the most part, I've kind of been the only guy who's done the kind of fitness kind of thing. Um, I have played in bands where there have been some guys, but for this is kind of the first band that it's been like a priority of touring. Like we definitely make effort or make time to do it together, which is really good. Cause sometimes you don't feel like doing it, but just, it just takes the one person just to go, let's, let's go do it. And then you're like, fine, <laughs> you're right. Let's do it. Or if you're like, no, I'm not doing it. And as soon as they start doing it, you're like, fuck, I'm missing out on all the gains. I've got to go do it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's, who drags their feet out of you guys?
1: Um, name and shame. Name. And should I do that? I should do yes, that. Um, you should do that. Christopher, Crispy. Crispy. I mean he it to his credit though. He I don't think he's been a massive fitness person but then he really started getting into it and then um but uh, yeah sometimes he will join us sometimes he won't kind of join us it's obviously up to him. But um he's still a beautiful man. So uh yeah, probably Chris is probably the one that's just like, yeah, I might just have a rest. Well, you guys do that. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's, he's going into a post-rock death every day.
1: Yeah, well, this is the thing because it's not like he's not doing anything because he definitely, you know, gets it out on stage. So, he's still at least doing a 30-minute hit session. Get, gets so, out his
0: energy or
1: gets... No, 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 no his dick. Out. Gets his dick out on stage <laughs> right. for 30 minutes. <laughs> thank you, so, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, no, probably Chris. Probably, yeah, I'd have to say Chris. Chris is the is the man. But um away from tour no, we, we don't. Um I train by myself, so um I think we all must.
0: Yeah, right. So you, you prefer to train
1: alone then? I do. Uh the only thing I miss is sometimes having a spotter. I do miss that. I kind of see the i definitely know the benefits of having one um motivation isn't some people i think really like having someone else there because they get motivated to push harder or do that kind of stuff i don't really need that but i do need sometimes when i think okay i can't push this out anymore but if i had a spotter, i know i could for safety at the very least i do miss out on that but Um, besides that I much prefer just training by myself yep it's it's sort of a strange
0: uh parallel with that one because obviously when you're you're coming of musical age and you're practicing and you're actually taking the time to push yourself through technique hurdles or theory hurdles or something like that I feel like at least in my experience I adopt a similar mindset when I'm at the gym alone but it's a bit self-deprecating to be honest I'm I'm I think the problem with me being at a public gym is that if I'm having trouble with something, I will just whisper fucking idiot to myself (laughs) it's it's really quite quite negative i don't know are you the same
1: um man yeah yeah i kind of if i like set uh you know if i don't get to the sets like if i don't push out 15 or something i find myself walking away just going you're fucking weak man (laughs) you're fucking weak (laughs) i've said it a few times and then i think to myself I wonder what the neighbors think, you know, because they can hear me, but I'm just like, fucking weak, man. But I think everybody has that, dude, that's training. Like, you never, a lot of the time, you're not meeting your own expectations, are you? I mean, yeah, I, I
0: even I find in practice these days, I'm not meeting my expectations and trying to find yeah. a, a reason to even practice without feeling like you're in a, a constant um, plateau, especially at this age. it's It's a proper fight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it, man. I mean, yeah. And then you see other players, like for example, me, I went and saw Primus play and then I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> how, how is that guy so much better than me?
0: Prime, Primus is a base reality check, but Les Claypool has no gains.
1: You know what? It's funny you say that. And because oh, no, no. I've, I've had this conversation with a few people, because yeah, yeah. this is real quick. My theory is like everything, everything in the world has balance without getting too deep into anything. Please that's do. Just, that's just the way it is. Everything has balance. It just balances out. Everything does. Without it, it's just chaos, whatever. But he, like people like Les Claypool, for example, and people like that, yeah, he's put in the time to become a monster bass guitar player. But it balances out with his, you know, his fitness, I would probably imagine is probably rubbish. Well, not rubbish, but he doesn't put much into it. So for me, like, I care too much about fitness and stuff to probably put all of my time into bass playing. So I just got to kind of have a balance of being as good as I can be, but also I want to be fit and all that kind of stuff as well. So,
0: so the existentialism of that is of course, uh, founded in guys like Tosin Abasi. Yeah. So uh, I guess anyone who doesn't know animals as leaders, just do yourself a quick little Google search and, and just find yourself a man crush.
1: Yeah. Well, and the, the thing too is I think, uh, cause there's a few people out there, like, um, Tim Commonford, for the bass player from Against machine. Like he's a fitness machine, man. Like mm. he does a lot of, um, mountain bike riding off-road biking and all that kind of stuff he's like super fit but also i think with where i'm at in my musical career i still have a lot of things on my plate time wise so i don't yet get enough paid enough musically to not work so a big chunk of my day i need to work so guys like those guys like at least they can take the going to work aspect out of their day, which frees up a bit more time to maybe work on the fitness thing and the music thing to have a bit of balance of the two. Whereas so I've when, got- when,
0: Yeah. Tell tell me about your schedule and, and how this, how you would structure not only rehearsal practice and also fitness into it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I, cause I work at a, a forensic mental health hospital. So my shift starts at seven in the morning and I work until three Um, and I work Monday to Thursday, sometimes Monday to Friday. Um, so pretty much my day is pretty much, I, I never train in the morning. I hate, I hate training in the morning and I hate training before work. So I work and then I come home from work and I, we start rehearsals at seven o'clock at night. So when I get home from work, I've just got that period of time to train, cook dinner, uh, have a shower and get ready and go to rehearsal. And then I come home at about so 10.30, 10 o'clock, whatever, and then go to bed and do it all over again kind of deal. So that's why I used to, back in the day, before I was doing as much band, I couldn't, could kind of go to, the, if I was going to the gym at the time, I could spend an hour and a half, two hours at the gym. But now I kind of just, it's a time thing for me as well. So I try and do, I like allocate certain amount of time and that's why I like doing kind of circuit training or hit training because I think it's quite effective you get results and the, the time is it, you can do so much in such a little time and that really appeals to me because then I can get a good workout for me, for what I'm trying to achieve with my body and then still have time to eat, spend some time with my partner and go to band practice and do that whole thing so that's kind of how I manage everything i guess what
0: what, what is your what, what is the thing that you're training that excites you
1: um good question i don't know like i've been you know because i grew up playing basketball i was doing i was more into sport growing up than i was music for a long time i kind of got into music quite kind of late like when i was 15 i got my first bass guitar so up until then and even past then like Basketball was my thing and just the fitness routine was always I didn't know anything else, you know. So even when I stopped playing basketball, I kept training like I don't know any other way. You know what I mean? I don't know how it I need to do it. Um if I don't do it, I feel like shit kind of thing. And um seeing progress excites me, I guess. And that's probably the same with everyone, but I like seeing progress and this sounds really vain, but just in my body, I guess I like to see visually see my body change and go okay, I've been working on this, and yeah, now I can start to see I'm toning through my shoulders a bit more or through my arms kind of thing strength like being able to lift heavier shit doesn't really appeal to me I mean if that's your thing, that's cool, but I don't really you know I don't get off I'm going sweet now I can bench press 400 kilograms I mean that would be cool but <laughs> it's not like that doesn't drive me to lift more just to actually you know change the look of my body is what I guess is my thing
0: are, are you a? I uh, I mean let's 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 get into the hashtag real talk and if this was a video program that would be like flashing of this and it would be multicolor and it would be awesome so people it's my favorite color
1: like, actually multicolor yeah, yeah, is my yeah. favorite colour.
0: If While I'm doing this to you and you can see me on video chat and no one else can see me, just remember that this is the excitement that's going through the screen when I say hashtag real talk.
1: Right. Let's do it.
0: So did you grow up quite self-conscious then?
1: Uh, yeah, I did actually. Um, up until probably, I'd probably say grade eight, I was a fat cunt. Hey, <laughs> can you say that? Can, you can uh, edit that.
0: Well, you can say that however you, in fact, say it again so people know you're serious.
1: I was a real chubby fat cunt up until grade eight. So, and it just, ah, oh, I played so much sport, but I was just like a fucking fatty, bitch tits, everything. And um, I didn't dig that, you know, and I, hitting high school, like people really let you know too, that, oh, you're, you're a fat cunt. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> did you, <laughs> you. Did you
0: deal with that in that like classic Australian response? Or how What's did you that, deal with
1: it? How did I do? Um... I don't know. I, man, you, what can you do? I mean, I just, I, it was weird cause I did a lot of sport and I, my, I grew up in with good parents and I was always fed. Well, I didn't eat shitty food. I just happened to be a, a fat kid. <laughs> so, but I think once I hit high school and then hit my teens and stuff, my body kind of started to change. But I think that mindset's always been in the back there a little bit, always just like, all right, well, you know you have that potential and i do cuz I, I know like i gain weight or size anything super quick taking it off is like a fucking slog for me but putting it on's fine mm. but um yeah i think yeah you'd I'd be correct in saying i'm I grew up self-conscious of it and it probably did carry over a bit to now as well so, so but I,
0: while kinda... you were getting into base were you were you actively still playing basketball and sports and things like that?
1: I was. I played. Um, I played in New Zealand for a little bit, and I played in China. And then,
0: me? oh wait, no, you just went over to New Zealand to play.
1: Yeah, and then China, and then I. When I was how old was I? I think when I was eighteen, I I blew my I tore my meniscus. Sorry, uh, in a game and i ended up i had to go to the doctor blah 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 and anyway i tore my meniscus in half and i tore it so bad that they couldn't fix it so they had to cut it out so after that operation i woke up and they because at the time they were supposed to be going in and fixing it and then when i woke up they were like when we got in there we realized how bad it was we had to pretty much cut it all out um so pretty much your impact days are over. You can't do impact sport anymore. So basketball is like impact sport, man. So that was it. My basketball which days were done. Which like that. Pardon? My right knee.
0: Huh. How do you go on stage? Is that something you, you notice on stage?
1: Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. I wear a compression bandage sometimes under my jeans. So... And this is the thing. I... And which all of this over the years has changed or influenced my training because I can't do too much sprinting stuff or skipping stuff, anything like that because my knee will just, it it lets me know it just blows up, but I can do some stuff, but I waste, I call them my credits, my knee credits. I waste (laughs) all my knee credits on playing live because we are really rough on it. And towards the end of the tour, my knee is just like, fuck you. So for the longest time, man, all I used to do was swim because I couldn't, you know, when it, my operation was fresh, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything without it hurting. So I had, I, all I could do was swim. So I swam for like two, three years as my fitness, because I'd rather do that than nothing. Plus I, uh, swimming, I think is awesome, but I couldn't do any gym. I could do gym stuff, but I just couldn't do any running or any impact stuff. So I just kind of stuck to swimming for a while just till I, you know, could get back into it again.
0: Are you a, are you a technique junkie or are you sort of a speed junkie? And, and I mean this in regards to like both, both music and fitness.
1: Um, fitness wise technique, just because I think if your technique's not good, that's how you can kind of get injured and stuff like that. And I find if you actually, well, in my experience, which I don't have, I'm not trained or whatever, but if your technique's really good, you get a lot more out of the actual exercise. So you can almost do less for more because you're actually doing, I find you're working the muscle better, for example. So I've always tried to do the best technique as possible. And when I was younger, I used to just being young and stupid, you know, heavier was the way to go and you'd fuck out your technique. Well, I would anyway. But now, like, some of my exercises I do now I lift less weight because I think my technique's better and the um, it's easier to do a better technique with a lighter weight and then I build on it then kind of thing. And what about bass? Bass? Um, I don't know. Well, just with Osaka Punch um, and the stuff we play and just my bass playing, I just you know trying to keep up with those fucking guys. <laughs> I just, I just. Practice, I guess I try and because I have no um I don't have a theoretical background at all, so everything I learned it was just from just learning. You're like I can't read music or anything like that. Um, I try and um work on my technique because I play with my fingers and stuff like that, and along the way, finding my own sound kind of thing. I kind of found my own way, my own style and technique and kind of stuff, but um. Yeah, always kind of you know. I don't have the best technique in the world, but I think it. You know, I'm happy with it. It's gotten me this far.
0: What's like the what? What was the way when you were learning that you would be starting to hone in on the harder things? Because I mean, the sucker punch stuff isn't is rhythmically very tight and and extremely dependent on your on your rhythmic awareness. How did you How did you develop that?
1: Um. Well. I guess before joining Osaka Punch, I played for like four years in a band called Veya, which is like an instrumental metal band, I guess. And that band was kind of a technical band. So it kind of started there for me. And I think if I'm right about myself, <laughs> the way I, I don't think I have any raw or natural musical talent anything that i've ever done or accomplished has just been from just working hard at it or going over and over until i've got it in my head kind of deal so like i've played with guys that can you know i'm not really great at just like jamming on something like just not with nothing like i like to practice it first and with the soccer punch and any other band like if there's a rhythm that someone's written And it's hard if I take it home and I sit on it and I practice it and practice it. Oh, in the end, I know I'll get it. You know, it might take me a while, but that's just, I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to get this end of story. If it takes me fucking two weeks straight, I will get it and I'll get it right. But um, I think just with the Yosaka Punch stuff and anything like that, it was just a matter of just over and over and practice. Because they gave me, I had to learn all the songs in one go of thing because they were coming back from the uk and they're like you know these are all the songs we play so i had to everything was new to me at once kind of deal plus at the time death monster super squad hadn't come out so that was i had to learn all those songs as well which they were kind of was new for them as well in a way so everything was new so i just just kind of went to work came home from work i would do my exercise and then for the rest of the night that was it. I was just be learning Osaka Punch songs, and it was just a matter of just going over it and over it and over it and over it, and that's kind of how I've always done stuff, I think, just until I'm, like, comfortable with something.
0: Are you a self-conscious performer as well? Are you concerned about how the audience might see you?
1: Um, I don't think so. I mean, maybe in the part now, I mean... I don't know. I don't think so. I don't really not to sound horrible, but I don't really care how people see me. I'm going to do, I just like playing however I feel at the time. That's how I'm just going to, that's what I'm going to look like. And if it's because I think watching videos back, sometimes I pull some fucking ridiculous faces. I don't really realize I'm doing it at the time, but looking back, I'm like, oh man, that's a ridiculous face. And I, and I twirl my tongue a lot when I play as well, which I don't really know I'm doing, but I twirl my tongue around and stuff like that. But I've seen it back and I think, that looks stupid. Oh, I don't fucking care. Whatever. <laughs> That's just how it is. That's my thing. So you went from a, a self-conscious um,
0: fat little child to a, someone who who doesn't give a fuck. Is that something that, that little Brenton would be, would be of. sort of
1: proud of? Yeah. What do you think? I think so. I mean, just, uh, yeah, I mean... I still need to like just as long as I'm you know doing my exercise I still need that though to feel comfortable though like I wouldn't just if I stopped exercising and put on 10 kilos of chub I would feel I would feel very self-conscious up on stage I still don't have that kind of like I don't feel okay with that so even like I do feel, now I feel fine because I think you know like I work hard and I'm okay with my body and everything but uh, that comfort only comes from you know keeping up my training and eating healthy and stuff like that
0: that's that's such such an empowering thing to hear that someone can be someone can transform from that insecure little kid into into someone who can perform in front of probably thousands I I, I don't know how many accumulatively but you guys have played some pretty darn big shows
1: yeah yeah which is yeah it's and it is it can be nerve-wracking and if you didn't feel comfortable or confident in yourself, man, that would just be a battle alone getting out on stage. And I think, you know, that's why I I can't, I don't, can't afford to be like that. So if I've got that side of things under control and handled, which is, and that's in my hands kind of thing, I'm the only one who can control that. So if I know I'm like, okay, I'm keeping my fitness and all that, I don't even have to think about that. I just got to get out there play the songs good, have a good time and the rest is all it's all done. You know, that's the work that you do behind the scenes kind of thing like in your own time.
0: I, I really found that especially in my practice um, when I was probably just still in high school when, when like when I put too much emphasis in how other people thought of me and, and less on what I should have been caring about I would, I would find it I'd find that I was practicing extrinsically, uh, externally. So I would be practicing to prove a point to, like, I'll show, I'll show them just how good I am. I, I don't have very good intrinsic motivators because gen- generally not an intrinsically motivated person. Yep. Uh, but do, do you feel like you can tell yourself to get up, get up and to do the thing pretty well?
1: Say that again, sir?
0: Do you find, do you find that you can do the thing very well? The things that you've got to do. Like I've got to get up and I've got to train and then I've got to make this food and then I've got to go to rehearsal. Do you procrastinate internally much?
1: No, I don't. I think I think I'm pretty like good at that. Um like the time management side of things and just the like there's times where I, I don't wanna like when I'm getting to the end of my day at work, I just think, fuck, I just wanna go home and go to bed, really. But um I always come home and I'm like, well, I've gotta I've gotta do my exercise stuff now. I'm gonna run out of time. So but and I, I do it. I mean there's times where I don't wanna do it, definitely. But um I always have that drive to do it. Um I rarely miss one of my training days. I mean if I'm sick or something like that, yeah, of course, but um no, I I find that I'm pretty motivated to get stuff done. Cause I think really at the end of the day, especially with music and all that kind of stuff and anything really Um, you, you can't rely on anybody else. You just got to do it, you know? And I, I will be happy if I don't ever make it in music, like to my goal in music, just as long as I gave it everything I got, like I I can live with that. So, and that kind of crosses over to my training and just everything. Like if if I've tried, if I'm actually doing the stuff trying my hardest and it doesn't happen then there's literally no more you can do but if there's times where I haven't gone to train and I'm feeling a bit not well then that's no one else's fault but mine you know and it goes the same with your band if you are slacking off in band or uh, you know you're not taking the time to write or practice your instrument or do the shitty things man with your band like the fucking making sure your merch is all good or, or everything you know then it's your fault. So.
0: A yeah. bit blamey, Brenton.
1: Well, Jeez. it's... It's, <laughs> it's, it's, on just, for it's like just two well, seconds. I'm just... Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Just, that's how it is.
0: So don't tell anyone this, but um, where I'm cutting in on this edit is we just peed at the sort of the same time.
1: Yeah, swords. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. I'm gonna, I've got some quick questions for you. I'm, I'm curious to know how you, you will answer these. So let's start off with base. First of all, let's get a bit of a lowdown on which bass do you use?
1: Well, (laughs) I was using a five-string Fender American um, jazz bass. And then on our last tour on the second show, some motherfucker stole it. So I'm not using that bass anymore because it has been sold for meth, Um, I'd say so uh at the moment i have a marcus miller um signature series five string um fender jazz bass which i bought off glenn Esmond from the butterfly effect he lent it to me on that tour after my bass was stolen so and i really liked it so i ended up buying it um and as we speak i'm having a custom made bass being built by warmouth in america at the moment
0: which uh, which color base did you get? The Marcus Miller one? Was it the blonde one?
1: The Marcus Miller one is the natural one. Yep. The,
0: oh god, yes, yes,
1: yeah. It's a nice
0: base, man. Yeah, that's a beautiful base. I mean, your old one was, I, I think, iconic for you. I think you suited it.
1: Yeah, that was like just you know the black base with the white pickguard, uh, with a maple neck. Um, beautiful. This, this, the Marcus Miller is really nice too, and the one I'm getting built at the moment. Um, is uh, it's because I've I've always wanted to get a custom made base, um. But I've always had a base and been like, oh, this I don't need to get another base. So I guess having this base stolen was the bright side of it. Was was like fuck it, I'm gonna do it. So I should hopefully be getting that at the end of July if it's ready.
0: Maybe everyone should know um that the other positive thing that happened as far as all your gear being stolen. Tell us yes. a little bit about that.
1: Yes. So. Long story short, on tour. No, no, long story, long story, long story. So long story. We're on oh, tour yes. with um, the Butterfly Effect and another band from Melbourne called Rival Fire. And we were, uh, we played in Perth and um, it was really late night and we had to fly to Adelaide the next morning really early. So we drove back to our accommodation, which was in suburbia at one of our, uh, our guitarists' cousins' place, which we'd been staying at uh, literally... In bumfuck suburbia, zero people around the whole time. Um, we got in super early in the morning. I think it might have been, I don't know, like three o'clock in the morning or something. And we had to kind of be going again at five to get to the airport or something. So we were literally going in to get, you know, have a shower and just go back to the airport essentially. And there was obviously people lived at the place. So their car was in the driveway and in the garage. So we parked out the front of the house car Alarm goes off. Um, we realized it was the out car alarm. We come outside and a window was smashed, and they stole three things which was my bass guitar and two um pelican cases. And in those pelican cases, plus my bass guitar, there was eight thousand dollars worth of stuff stolen, just like gone. So we drove around looking for them. We didn't find them in hindsight. It's probably best that we didn't find them because I think we. The state that we were in, I think we would have been done for some sort of assault charge, I think, like without sounding like a dick. It's just the reality of it. If you see someone with your bass guitar that's running away, of course, you're going to probably get into them. So we didn't find anybody kind of hating on humanity for a bit. And one of our friends, um, Tiana, who lived in Sydney, she... I just asked me like, you know, how much did you lose? And we'd just done the police report. And I said, well, it's just like literally $8,000. And she said, I'm gonna do a, a GoFundMe page for you, which is like a crowdfunded page. She said, you know, you might at least get a little bit back from that. And at the time I was still traveling and trying to work out what bass I was gonna play for the next few shows. And I was really grateful, but I just wasn't thinking, I was like, thank you. And didn't really give it much of another thought. Anyway, four days later, we were in Sydney and um, she came to the show and she's like four days have gone past. And she said, you've made $8,000 already on your GoFundMe page. And it was just a real surreal like moment, like from in one second, I was like, fuck there's heaps of good people out there. Like I was blown away. I couldn't believe that so many people donated. And so, and because of that financially, we weren't out of pocket anymore. I mean, sentimental stuff. Yeah. You can't replace that, but financially so many fucking wonderful people came to the table and helped us out and we're forever grateful for that. So that's, that's huge. That's yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was massive and yeah, it's just funny how a handful of people can really ruin your outlook on stuff, but then you just realize that really there's there's so many fucking good people out there because you can see who donates kind of thing. And we had a look through, and I knew hardly anyone. Knew hardly anyone. Like there's people there that I knew, you know, friends and stuff, and um, sexy, you know, redhead people. And but some just, I was like, I don't know who this person is, and they're donating a hundred dollars. Like, wow, that's that's unreal. So my,
0: my goal was just to um give more money to you guys than Jim did. <laughs> if you look through Jim's and you look through mine, I, I you know I don't give a shit about you guys. All I care about is making sure that Jim looks like he's a stingy man.
1: I yeah, and I the first thing I thought was, I'm like, wow, Jim, really? Really? <laughs> Someone as good looking as you? Come on now. You, you can do better than care. that. You can pay good looking taxes. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Jesus. So what what I actually wanted to go through? about uh your bass playing in general is is your strengths and weaknesses. So yeah. looking looking at your entire sort of catalog of things that you've done since you have started playing bass. What what is your strength?
1: If you had to pick one. Oh. Okay. Um I don't know if this kind of counts cuz I think I kind of class myself more as a probably as an entertainer than a musician as such. Like I'm definitely not a bass virtuoso or anything like that. I'm not like, uh, you know, John Stockman from carnival, you know, he's that kind of good bass player. I think for me, I'm a bit of a mixture of I try and be an entertainer. So one thing that's important to me when playing is like being entertaining and I think without i mean you ask, but i think i do that okay i do that pretty well i think at least people go that guy's going off and it looks kind of cool or i enjoy watching that or at least i'm watching that because it's catching my attention so even though that's not bass playing for me it's a big part of it like i also want to play tight and all that but i personally love Watching bass players that put on a show as well. For me, it's a part of it because you, you know, for me the musical experience is it's the whole thing, the whole experience, kind of thing. So I think I do that all right. And um, the weakness, Let's weakness. Hear the weakness, yes, weakness would have to be. Well, I've got a lot of weaknesses, man. I mean, I can't, I can't read music at all, so my theory is really bad. That kind of stuff. Um, my ears not that good, you know, like I don't, um, like I can hear stuff and tab from music, but I'm not very good at it. And it's something I've constantly need to work on. Like almost like I was fucking tone deaf, man. Like, I just was like, I don't know what the fuck that note is, you know? And that, that took me a long time to kind of work on that. And I still need work on that. Um, How
0: do you even work on that? I mean, I'm sure that's a common problem with bass players.
1: Um, well, for me, it was just, um, just, I kept trying, you know, like kept trying to, like, I had to know what I was actually supposed to play. For example, if I was listening to something, I had to have the tab to know, okay, well, that's what it is. And then try and kind of make the connection between the, my bait, my, the note and the note that's coming out as well. Cause, and I, I don't know, I'm just practicing that and kind of then recognizing, okay, That's what A sounds like. And then kind of then recognizing patterns like, for example, in funk, they use a lot of minor pentatonic scales, you know? So you know if you're kind of in the right area, then the next few notes around it are probably gonna be in that minor pentatonic range. So the more you listen to a style or you know your runs, you kind of can go, okay, well, this is kind of probably where the notes are gonna be around that area, which made it easier for me to tab it out, you know? I'm, I'm going to take, a,
0: I'm, I'm going to make like a total leap here and say, did you get a strap on your base pretty fast? Like, were you standing up and playing as a
1: kid within the first <laughs> month of playing? It's also funny you say that, Edo. Um, yes, I did, because there's a reason for that as well. Yeah. Be- because, um, and I think this is honestly, this and this kind of came over from basketball in the weirdest fucking way. Uh, When I used to train for basketball, my coach, whenever we trained, would be like, you know, if we did something, if we're doing a drill and, you know, driving to the basket and scoring, for example, and we did it kind of half-assed, he'd be like, are you going to do that in the game? I'm like, well, no. He's like, well, when you fucking train, you come here, you train as if you're playing because that's what you're going to be doing. So you train as if you're playing. And I kind of took that over to... Because I, when I first started playing, I played sitting down. And then when I stood up, I realized how fucking hard it was. There's a big difference between sitting down and standing up. So I then thought, okay, well, when I practice, I'm going to practice as if I'm playing live. So I actually, in my parents' place, in the laundry, I used to play along to the CD with my strap on, but I also used to headbang like a motherfucker to no one. Because... You need to practice going off. You can't just get up and go off like that. That doesn't come naturally. You gotta fucking practice that shit.
0: You've been honing that skill l- as long as you've been playing bass. So it's not For surprising.
1: years or 18 years or some shit, man, because I just thought, well, I need to practice as if I'm going to be playing live. And then when you do do it, it's just that's, that's how you do it, right?
0: <laughs> so when you're, when you're actually working out and things like that, do you think that the workouts that you've chosen for yourself have have been similar in regards to practicality in the in the cardio side of how you perform
1: um kind of yeah because i do do a lot of like because i kind of see the on stage stuff as like interval training i get like short bursts like it yeah, might be a heavy, yeah, it might be a heavy rift for 30 seconds you need to bring it for 30 seconds and then you're gonna have a break and that's how a lot of my cardio is like i'll do you know, maybe spin bike, exercise bike or whatever, and I'll do 30-second sprint and then 30-second rest, 30-second sprint. And that's very similar because I'm brought up playing basketball and that's a similar style of fitness. You sprint up and down, have a bit of a break kind of deal. I do the same with on the boxing bag, that kind of stuff. I rarely do like long – I can't do long-distance running anyway, but, yeah, I kind of probably – I do train to kind of suit that.
0: And your what about your fitness weakness?
1: My weakness in fitness? Probably my core, man. To be honest, that's what I need most work on would be my core strength, and that's where I carry most of my weight as well, my un- unwanted weight.
0: Yeah, actually on this, so on this, I truly believe and I want someone to I really want someone to chip in with this conversation because I don't know how established this is, but this is something I've been really excited about as theoretically speaking for a long time. So a little bit of background about me that some people may or may not know is I actually had, how do I, how do I start this? So my fitness weakness is of course, a bunch of core stuff, but it's more specifically glute medius and like quadratus lumborum, like twisty, twisty yep. boy, sort of like side kicking sort of stuff as your shit house. Yep. And that is where I carry all of my, all of my fatty boys. So my, my hands are never going to be fat. If I, if my hands do get fat, I know I've screwed something up. My arms are never going to be that way because I'm always moving. I My legs, my calves, my thighs are never going to be that way. But when it comes to like general weakness, my 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 core is like the absolute weakest part of me to the point where I actually damage my L4, L5 because of just how useless that area is. Anyway, so that that resting fat, that accumulated via just core laziness. It's it's so obvious. And I'm sure we're probably quite similar in that way. Um, Because if you've been brought, I feel as if you've been brought up at a sort of like an emotional deficit of being self-conscious, because it is a massive inhibitor of performance. You bring your chest up and you've got more lung capacity. Yeah. It's not, it's not even surprising to hear that most people right now are like, yeah, dirt dickhead. And hopefully one person's gone Oh shit! <laughs> I need to fix that. But I actually got I actually got liposuction. Um, really? Yeah. No, for for real. Hold on. I'm just gonna show you on video, like all here. No shit. Yeah. So I, I got that when I was 21, and the doctor's like seriously, and I'm like, this is a big issue. He could have said, well, dickhead, I'll save you a whole bunch of money, and you need to go move that area so that that so that like the water that would be in that area is just shaken away. Like actually utilize that area. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to find the thing that you're most self-conscious about and move the fuck out of it. You've got to jiggle your belly in every possible way that you yeah, know. Yeah, that's so it. You, your belly can't have all that fat there. It's going to be like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, it's- and you're like, you're going to live there until you get shaken off your little
1: shit. I'm fucking kick you out.
0: I'm going to kick you out. So sometimes I'll be jogging and I'll be, I'll bounce harder and I'll make the all the fat that I feel like jiggle. I mean, obviously this is a body dysmorphia issue. I'll make all that stuff jiggle and... So you're doing something with it. You're activating I'll it. punish it. I'll punish little boy yeah. Adrian for, like, not being more honest with himself that it's my fault. Yeah.
1: Who's no one being blamey fault. now? Blamey little boy. Blamey, blamey. Boy Adrian. Yeah, and I was,
0: I was definitely a bit of a chubser, but the, the weakness for me is exactly exactly the same place. And I've started lots of isometric core stuff. Yep. And it's not made enough difference, to be honest. It needs to be high energy. It needs, and I, I strongly feel this way. I feel like men have to do dance. It makes well, that's sense. Kind of,
1: yeah. That moves absolutely everything, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or martial arts. Martial arts. I'm guessing on the next podcast you're on, you'll have a really great chance to talk about that. But you've you've got another podcast coming up.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, that's the, things like that. Those kind of activities and stuff. They just engage your whole entire your whole entire body, man. You know. So- totally. Uh, and and that, that's one thing that I've, well, I'm not going to like excuse it, but my knee kind of stops me from doing like the full, like kind of, you know, the full run or the full dance or fighting or anything like martial arts. Cause uh, my knee will eventually just be like, you're not doing this kind of deal. So, but yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Is that right hamstring
0: an issue then as well?
1: No, my right hamstring's fine. Um, I was pretty good with my recovery stuff, and I strengthened all the muscles they told me to strengthen and all that stuff. Uh, It's just literally the actual where the meniscus is. Like, if I do too much, it'll just start to swell up. And the surgeon said, there's nothing you can do about that. That's just how it's going to be because there's no meniscus there anymore. So, I mean, and I, I inquired about, like... It might sound stupid, but I'm like, oh, can you get, like, you know, meniscus transplants? And he said, you can. You can. He said, but it's, like, one of the rarest things. And he said, to be honest, they won't do it for someone like you. Like, you'd have to be. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, who do I have to be? And they're like, they kind of save those things for, like, athletes. I'm like, okay, well, like, fine. (laughs) Fine.
0: I'm going to search 3D printed meniscus. I reckon there's an affordable, yeah, suck shit doctor from brenton's past this is totally a thing um yeah, th- yeah 3d printed meniscus meniscus, hydrogel that's the one um some, something for you to, to look, look into <laughs> yeah could be an exciting thing in fact i i guess in our generation we're pretty privileged to be part of all these technological situations yeah yeah well, both of us will probably have, um, from the hearing damage that I'm sure we both have, we'll probably have some pretty legit ear, uh, hearing aids when we're older, like really, really good ones.
1: Yeah. Like Terminator ears. Yeah. I might have Terminator ears right now. I want Terminator arms. But <laughs>
0: All right. So let's get in. I got two, I got two more things that I need to know from you before I send you on your fucking way.
1: Yep. You can just
0: get out of here. Cause do you have rehearsal tonight?
1: No, I don't have it tonight. That's why we're doing podcasts tonight. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I'm a, I'm,
0: I feel lovely. So your, your workout routine, how long did it take you to settle on this one? Why are you doing the one that you do?
1: Um, I think a big part of it is time, like time-wise. Um, that's kind of important for me with the lifestyle I'm living, I guess. Like, um, obviously, you can train for as, if you get lost in it or, or if training is your number one thing, like band is my music's my number one thing, and exercise um is my second thing so if if exercise was my number one thing, you, you know you could be in the gym for two hours you know if you wanted to or more depending so for, for it's a second thing for me, so it really just needs to be as effective as possible in the you know x amount of time kind of thing so that was a big thing for me and i think pretty much for most of my workouts um there has to be a cardio um component for me anyway because i think that's kind of really important for me and that's one thing that i really think's beneficial um i think like uh, you know strong men for example i mean yeah they're strong as fuck, dude like they really are but that just doesn't appeal to me at all because I think they would literally have a heart attack if they had to run, you know, a kilometer and it's just not practical for me anyway. Um, so just as long as it's practical kind of fitness and for me, the cardio side of things is always, you know, it's, it's a part of, you know, playing live or just everyday stuff, my job, um, being fit in that way is a, is a big help kind of thing and strength, strength work. So they're the kind of things that I, I can get them in a workout that I'm, I'm happy.
0: How do you structure it? So you, you've walked into the gym, people stop and look at you cause you're obviously you've walked in at slow motion. Yep. Okay. Let's start at that point where you put your, you put your bag in like a super masculine way into the port racks. Where, how do you start from
1: there? Well, let me stop you there i don't go to the gym i don't you're a homeboy i'm a homeboy and so <laughs> i made the decision of so when i spent some money um which i think in the long run has saved me money but um i've got a setup at home so i do everything at home so i come home and then i go downstairs and i've got um, some adjustable dumbbells which i really like because you know those ones you know there's they're good because they take up way less space and they go up to, I think it's 40 kilograms, which for me, what I'm doing at the moment is more than enough. Uh, if I had one negative thing to say about them, um, they are a little bit long. So on some exercises where you need to join the weights, they may join a lot earlier than you kind of typically would want them to. So um, like
0: flies and things like that.
1: Flies are fine. That, that, that angle. Yeah. Is that... My shoulder will
0: dislocate if I, if I have my, my arms pronated. I, I will dislocate my shoulders. That's terrifying. Oh, really? Ooh. Oh, yes. Don't do oh, that. Oh, yes. Ooh. So, and well, is, it, is it the ones with the metal plates on them or is it the plastic
1: weights? It's uh, like a rubbery kind of deal. Oh, um, I do like those, man. They,
0: they're like a little bit less traditional, but they seem convenient.
1: Well, yeah, they're really... Like, I did a bit of research before I went and bought some and I just think, you know, the changing of weights is really quick and easy. They came with a stand. Um, they, You know, I, I really like them. And I've got a bench. I've got a boxing bag. I've got a spin bike. I've got a dips um, set up and a chin up bar. And yeah. And the, for me, that's, that's what I use. So. But they
0: used every workout. Like, do you, do you do a full circuit every workout?
1: Like a full body workout every time? Yeah no no don't. I, I split muscle groups up kind of thing and, and also because i think because i only because well, of the time i do i kind of focus on a certain muscle group for that day so and then the next day i'll you know do another muscle group kind of thing if i was to do like a full one i probably wouldn't really get a good workout kind of thing whereas if i focus on a muscle, like if i'm doing shoulders for example i'll do four shoulder exercises but in between I'm always doing whether it's a boxing bike or jogging on the spot or something like that. I just want to keep my heart rate up for that whole session, so that's kind of the cardio component of it
0: so do you do you do a separate warm up because i mean you're 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 getting to that age, sorry, getting to that age where you will yep. explode internally
1: yeah, uh no, I always do a warm up um I always do stretching and I always afterwards like. Do stretching afterwards, and I use a foam roller afterwards all the time on my back, on my legs. So I always make an effort, and then I have like as hot as I can handle it. Shower, and I stretch in there because I find with the heat I can just—it's an easier stretch—and kind of I feel a lot better after that. But I always and I always have kind of warmed up and warmed down and stretched and stuff like that because I'm—I my flexibility is probably besides my core, my flexibility is my weakest.
0: (laughs) I was, I was actually expecting that. I, I was surprised that he said, I was expecting flexibility.
1: Oh, I'm so my flexibility is horrible, man. To the point where actually I've just, I've just signed up for yoga classes because I know for oh, a long great. yeah, for a long time, I was like, I don't want to fucking do yoga. And it's just, and that's just purely stupidity on my part. And I've just like, I can't be stupid anymore. And I've signed up. So I'm going to start doing that because it's just, being having shitty flexibility just it's such a burden on everything else man yeah getting
0: getting 100 percent out of your muscles is usually limited by or just just any movement in general is limited by that mobility and i guess proprioception like understanding what is actually moving and what's not moving
1: yeah man it's just like i said just stupidity man just and like having that like oh well you know if i'm really restricted by time I'd rather be doing, you know, cardio weights in that time instead of a yoga class because I'm not going to be getting blah, blah, blah. from. um, But, yeah, Yeah. it's just, you know, it's just stupid.
0: That's a proper, like, maturing thing, isn't it? Just I've – I think I'm really paying for it now. I've been doing what I've been doing for seven years. I don't have much to show for it, and I'm not that flexible. So, I mean, like, the sustainability of of what I've been doing is incorrect. Someone – I wish someone slapped me as a 20-year-old and said – you, Mandy, you just go do yoga. Just go do something stretchy. Go be a stretchy boy, because as yeah. the benefits are unbelievable.
1: Yeah, uh, who? Um, Kai Green, you know Kai Green, the bodybuilder. Uh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. yeah. I'm not like you know their bodies. Uh, I don't strive for that. I am motivated by those guys just because I think they've got a lot of willpower and they work really hard. But that aside, the point of that was Kai Green, who's a beast. His flexibility is unreal man because he just puts so much I've like watched a lot of stuff on him and I just think clearly like you know he obviously knows what he's doing and the flexibility component for him is huge and he is for his size he's ridiculously flexible so that kind of for me was like what are you just just fucking pull your head out of your ass and get on it so
0: Ben he is a freaking oily dude in all these photos I've just done, done myself a favor and and googled. That's a, that's a verb. Ky green flexibility. And he's just very oily. He's
1: very oily. The predator.
0: (laughs) All these, all these competition photos are just incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, that's not my, I think if I was to say who, who my biggest like fitness, uh, uh, inspiration or whatever, I really like a guy... Now, excuse me, because I can't actually fucking pronounce his last name properly or at all. Apology accepted. But I can spell it. Uh, his uh-huh. name is um, Tony... I think it's Sen- Senment. Uh, it's spelled S-E-N-T-M-A-N-N-A-T. So I don't really know how... Sentmanat.
0: Sent-man-at. Yeah, that's a fun one. It's well, hard, yeah, like. He's... Yeah so okay so I'm looking at this guy I'm um, seeing the same body type as you. Is that something that you look up to? Have you immediately recognized this and gone okay so this is me in like peak condition if I ever got that far?
1: Um so without sounding like a cocky prick, I think if I committed solely to fitness, I feel I think we have a very similar body shape. I can see that. Yeah, yeah and really like uh he trains as well. Cause he's very much, um, I don't like, like he does a lot of guns and shit as you can probably see, uh, cause he, he used to be in the Marines and SWAT and stuff. Like I don't, I'm never shot a gun. I've, so it's, that's not my thing, but he does a lot of practical, uh, fitness, like he's a, he's a staunch little bastard, but he's, you know, he's got explosive stuff. He does a lot of box jumping, a lot of like running and strength stuff. And it's just, you just wouldn't want to come you know, cross him, you know? Like, I just think he's very... I like his training and what he does and that kind of stuff, but...
0: I bet he's super friendly. Looking you know, this guy's this big, just... Teddy bear. I just get the feeling they're all just super sweet, but I think you've just landed upon something a, a bit important here, which is the idea of being realistic with what your body type does.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, and that... <sighs> that was one that I also had to, like... Because, like, I've obviously, you know, for example, I don't know, Chris Hemsworth in Thor or something like that. He's just like, you're just like, man, fuck you, man. Like, that's. But the reality is, like, I mean, if you work hard enough, you can probably get, you know, almost anybody you want. But at the same time, you know, genetics and just body type, I think you've got to be realistic of that, like you said. And I think, you know, I have a certain body type and i'm just you know i'm happy with it but i also need to work for me to be happy with it i th-
0: i think that this this is so important because you you are seen on stage you are you are a presence that moves in a certain way and it is a product of your flexibility and your mobility beyond that i think there's also the the benefit and for anyone out there who's listening to this as an Osaka punch fan that that just wants to hear what Brenton has to say. If this is, if like the fitness side of this, of this whole world, this living experience is perhaps a little bit um, undervalued in, in your life, or it's a bit procrastinating from getting into it, do yourself a favor and really look at the human anatomy. Look, look at, look at like Google male anatomy and go, this is not me because that, that male anatomy figure is so unfair to someone who's not, a human male anatomy figure. Fucking nice, really, man. Really look at your shit and go, okay, well, that's all great, but I can tell that my my forearms are actually more developed up towards the the inferior side as opposed to the superior or I guess distal um dis- distal as opposed to um the other terms. So I'm learning my anatomy at the moment. Yeah. But you know, or look at your look at your calves and go, okay, well mine join quite high up and and get get a bit obsessed with it because I'm sure you've probably Looked at yourself and gone. You know what, man? I've got I've got big ass shoulders, and I need to I need to capitalize on this.
1: Yeah, well, that's kind of that's my I kind of do have like a stocky, kind of bigger shoulders, kind of upper body, um thick kind of set. And I, you can either for me, I kind of thought, well, I can either go on this, um, you know. Really, really eat super clean, do nothing but cardio, just try and drop all this weight and get as you know as slim as possible. But also, with the nature of my job that I do at the at the hospital, because it is a prison kind of thing, having a bit of size and strength is really really handy. So I kind of went down that. Okay, well, I'm going to be. I'm quite a thick set, but I want to. I still want to look. You know, I want to be healthy. I want to be strong, and I want to be fit. I don't want to just be like a, a. You know unfit and thick kind of thing but um and then you are uh, you know i play to my strengths as well and definitely though work on my weaknesses as well because i have a lot of those but um yeah I, I think it's just my it's my body type man and um that that's it and i think also because of because of head this is a this is a thing and this sounds ridiculous but from like the 15 years of banging man my neck has gotten like Next level <laughs> My neck has gotten next level thick, man. What like, about mine? What the fuck?
0: How come you've got a big one? I've got a little one.
1: Y- you just don't do enough aggressive, violent headbanging, I guess. I'm joking, I do windmills and everything. You do? You do, I, I, yeah. I know but it's, where's your windmills? Can't I used do to them. do I used to do heaps of windmills when I had long hair. <laughs> I don't have long hair anymore. But um yeah, just it's just thickened up my neck like no man's business. So oh yeah. You do have a thick neck. I have a fucking thick neck, man. Like I can't do, I can't do my buttons up on my shirts. I got to get my mum to move the buttons over as far as I go to do it, to do a shirt up. And then when you do get it done up, you literally look like a penis popping out of the top of your fucking (laughs) foot. Like you just don't do it.
0: A face looks like a veiny penis after that one. That's the the image of your mum fixing a shirt so that you can still look pretty in a shirt is so good.
1: Dude, that's life for me. <laughs> All
0: right, one more thing. I got one more thing I want to ask you. Go for it. Hey, what is the thing that makes you... What is the thought that pops into your head on that impossible
1: last set? What makes me push it out kind of deal? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably... Well, I guess it's like, I mean... I just want to reach that kind of goal that I've set for myself kind of thing. Um, Because I do like getting a bit deep. If I'm not, if I haven't been training for a bit and I start getting a bit, say, sloppy or whatever, it fucks with my, my, let's say, my mental health a lot. Like, I just don't feel good. And it just carries over to everything, man. My music, just everything. If I'm not feeling good in myself... Like, if I feel like, if, you know, if you're having a fat day, or if you're feeling a bit chubby or whatever, everything gets affected for me, which it probably shouldn't, but it does. And I hate that feeling, man. And whenever, if like I'm working out, all I'm thinking is besides the fitness thing and being healthy and I do enjoy it, I'm just thinking, well, this is, this is the stuff that's going to make you like avoid that. And I, you know... There are certain guys out there where I'm like, fuck, that guy looks fit. He looks good. I, I want it, to... It'd be nice to look like that. I guess they're the things that just go, well, you got to work hard for that stuff. And... I mean, because you can. You can on those last sets if you push... If you... You know, I've already worked... I've done more than nothing, so I could stop there if I wanted to. But I know if I... And this is where I miss having a spotter because some of them, I, I can't push them out without maybe potentially crashing my face. But um, I do... I just just push as much as I can. I just think, well, I'm one step closer, you know, everyone you don't do, you just got get go one step closer. Yes. That's
0: awesome, man. I think perhaps you should tell some people where they can find the Asaka punch goodies. Cause they might be curious by this point. How do I, how do I find you as an Asaka puncher?
1: Like our Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, if you're on Facebook, we're just, if you look up Osaka Punch on there, we have a web, well, we have a website, which is osakapunch.com as well. Um, we have a Bandcamp website, which is Osaka page, osakapunch.bandcamp.com. So, and all of our music stuff's there. On, if you're an Instagrammer, we're at um, Osaka Punch Official or one word, um, where you can just see us being ridiculous. Um, and we're on um, Spotify, like pretty much most bands. We have a bit of a YouTube thing going on as well. Um, we have our own YouTube page, which is just a cycle punch. So yeah, check it out. See what you think.
0: Thank you very much for joining me on this beautiful yeah. winterish evening. Brenton. It's been
1: awesome. Thank you for having me.
0: Let's wave at the camera and pretend like we're hanging up. But really, we're going to gossip about the podcast.
1: We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> See ya.
0: Thank you very much to Brenton Page from oh Sucker Punch for joining me on The Major Lift. Now, that is episode five, which is kind of exciting because that means I'm eligible for Spotify. Yes, viral marketing. I'm everywhere. I'm omniscient. Omniscient. Thanks, Devin Townsend, for uh, teaching me how to say those words. This is a nonsense outro, but... I'm very excited about this. So if you're enjoying the show so far and you think it lacks something and you're just like, I want that little bit more, give me that Adrian, give me that thing. And I'll be your vessel for asking that very oddly specific thing to cater to your needs. Yeah, let me know. I'm, I'm curious to know, as always, like a cat, uh, to see what we're missing. What I'm missing, what you're missing, what we're all missing. Okay, get back to work. Everyone, get back to work.